if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Sunday Funday with Marcella Lonzo. Today, my guest is Stevana Delgado. Yes. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Marcella, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate you, appreciate you reaching out to me. Yes, yes, yes. I love all um, my LA comics. You guys are great. Um, Tell me a little bit about you. I went through your social media. I listened to one podcast you were on. Um, that was interesting. It was a short little podcast. I think it was a, God, now I'm blank. Was, was it the sleepover? Podcast. No, no. I was going to listen to that next because this one was a short one about marijuana and you were performing somewhere. Oh, the look, uh, Mala's podcast, Locatora Radio, Marihuanera. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Mala, that's a good, that's another girl that you should, if you haven't spoke with her, um, or if Stephanie didn't give you her name, I'll give you her name. She has like an amazing fan base. She's also an LA comedian and she's, she's amazing. She's super sweet. I'm loving all um, the female um, Latina comics over there. Everybody's so cute and and funny and personable and, uh, (laughs) I'm loving seeing the different representation because uh, in my era, when I was young, I didn't get to see this. You know, you get what I'm saying? I, yeah. We didn't see too many female comics to begin with, just Joan Rivers and, you know, uh, only a few. So tell me a little bit about you, where you're from um, and uh, more about you, how you got into comedy. So I'm from La Puente, California. I'm in a small little town called Bassett. Um, to be very specific. So I grew up in LA, um, more like the IE area. I spent most of my time over there, but I started venturing out into LA and I am mostly in LA now because of stand-up comedy. And I mean, I kind of just started stand-up comedy because there was literally nothing left to my life. I mean, I tried everything. I went to school And I changed my major so many times because I was like, I don't want to do this. And then if like if if I found a major that I liked, I couldn't even graduate because, you know, in college, they want you to take all these random classes for nothing. Like they want you to take algebra two all over again and they want you to take English all over again. I'm like, I literally did this in high school. You guys are really going to make me do this again. And I couldn't even pass like just the basic classes by myself. And, you know, I was like, 
let me just try to get a job and see if I can climb up the corporate ladder. That's the only thing I can think of. But it's like every time I would get a job, I fucking hated it. Like I just would think to myself, I'm like, is this what life is about? Like, do I really have to have a job or do something that is so fucking boring just to live like a basic life? Because I would even ask my family, like, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? And it was all just something so boring. And then I fell into this really deep, dark hole of depression one day. And I was just like, what do I want to do? This is so sad because I don't know what it is I want to do. My friends are going to college. Some of my friends are becoming mothers or stay at home moms at that, you know, and a lot of my friends are getting careers and it looks like they can live average lives and I couldn't even pay like my phone bill at the time because everything I did I I hated and I just thought to myself I'm like you know what what would I what what have I always wanted to do because I remember a, a high school teacher telling us you know if you stuck if you don't know what it is you want to do for the rest of your life think back to when you were a kid and what did you really want to be when you were a kid and you know I just thought back to and I said ma'am I always wanted to be like an entertainer a singer actor you know and I always would randomly say like oh I wish I could be a comedian like just kind of playing with that I always thought like oh it would be so cool just to like be so funny and make people laugh and growing up I was the class clown and I was always in trouble for talking and I always had a bunch of friends and I always was okay with public speaking and one time I just sat with myself and I was like I I have to figure out how to become an entertainer like I don't know if if I'm gonna be a singer an actor I don't know what but like I have to figure out how to step into that and I came across this like YouTube video of Joe Rogan and he was talking about you know stand-up comedy and he was like anybody can do it he was saying anybody can do it and I just kind of looked into it and I'm like, oh my God, anybody really can do it. I personally thought if you wanted to be a sandal comedian, you had to like know someone famous to like get in that. Cause I'm like, how do you even step into that? You know, but I, I found out that you can just go to like coffee shops and sign up for free and just like talk for five minutes, you know, and just kind of like work your way up. And it's so funny. I don't even think Stephanie Tejada knows this because I, I've never told her, but um, I don't know if you know, she was, she came off the show Bad Girls Club. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that used to be my shit, right? Like, I uh-huh. loved Bad Girls Club. So I knew who she was before she even did comedy. And I just so happened to go on her Instagram page one time. And I seen that she was taking comedy classes called Pretty Funny Women with some lady called, her name was Lisa Sunset. And um, I looked into it and I paid money and I started the class and I just started like learning the basics. I started networking. I started going out to coffee shops and open mics and, you know, looking online and just talking to people. And before I knew it, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is not boring. Like, I don't mind doing this for the rest of my life because it's either I do this for the rest of my life and build and build and build on it and I could possibly have something you know I could possibly own something or I go to a job and I just stay 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 do the same thing and not get shit so I'm like I'd rather do this you know I'd rather do this that way a job in the meantime it's not so hard on me because I know it's only temporary I'm like I now have a way out you know so that's kind of how like stand-up comedy started I just thought back to like what my inner child liked what my inner child felt fun and what my inner child really wanted to do and you know I guess I just like listened to my heart as like cheesy as it sounds 
No, I get that. When I was a kid, I always used to like to play. play, uh, Remember in preschool or kindergarten where they would have pretend like they would have a fake kitchen or a fake little. So I always used to like to pretend and set up and do little skits. And uh, I also like to um, get my dolls or toys and then do a little scene. Yeah. but I would want so for me I wanted to be more of a producer behind the scenes I wanted to put other people to work yeah see that's 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 good because I knew too I knew from when I was young I'm like I want to be the star because I used to even think too because people would always always tell my parents like I want to be a mom I just knew I wanted to be in front of a camera and I wanted to be Mm -hmm. entertaining and you know and I would always tell my my parents like oh I want to be like a model or an actor and they would kind of be like oh well why don't you be the makeup person or like well why don't you be the photographer or like be the person behind it and I remember being a little kid and being like no but I would get so jealous of like the makeups who's like the models whose makeup I have to be doing I would be like hating them low-key you know like I actually want to like be the star but the producing is where the money is at girl <laughs> oh no 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 that's what I want to do that's what more of what I yeah want. yeah yeah no and the behind the scenes and the writing and all that yeah no it is yeah that's what I learned um over the years and but this just tells us how much representation means because you didn't know what you wanted to do mm-hmm. for many years. You didn't see anybody growing up that looked like you that were doing things. Yeah. I Think thought I, they were all men. All the comedians were like men. And then, and then also, you're right. you were, you grew up, I grew up in Florida mostly. And mm-hmm. um, so that was far, far, far away from ever going to Los Angeles. That was a big deal or going to, you know, far, far, far away. You know, that was a dream to uh, to move there. But um, when I lived in L.A. for 10 wonderful years and I saw what Los Angeles really is compared to what is depicted on the movies or TV, mm-hmm. it's Latino. Yes, all it is. LAPD, um, all of the teachers, like if I saw recently a teacher strike and I had to point it out to a friend, um, a teacher sco- strike going out for uh, the whole Los Angeles. Maybe this was a couple months ago. And I said, do you see how L.A. it's all Latinos? You yeah. know what I'm saying? But when we grew up, what did we see on TV? White people all the That's time. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And, and it, 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 it kind of saddens me. Um, you know, there's a lot of children like you. And I think in the Latino communities, we need to have like different careers come into schools and start mm-hmm. talking to kids. Yeah. To guide yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know they, I, mean? I mean, I think they need to change everything about school. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they need to change everything about school because it didn't help me. It didn't help me whatsoever. It didn't help me find myself. It didn't help me become more confident. It didn't yeah. help. Like, it really, it, all it did was just, they told me go to school and get a job but it's like okay but what if you don't want a job what if you want to own something what if you want to create a platform what if you want a fan base you know like for me it's like I I'm in this I'm getting older now so I'm starting to understand and see how you know it's white people that are like mainly put in these higher places and I'm like okay now I want to get to a spot I want to build a fan base and build a platform so that we can see more Latinas or that I can donate to you know uh, vendors anything I kind of just want to like help my people in any way that I can you know now I'm seeing like oh my god like this when I was doing this work I didn't realize 
oh my god minorities are pushed to the back like I never realized that until I, I started getting in here and what I'm noticing like in New York um New York City like I've been to some of the clubs and I can see there's tough it's a tough audience mm-hmm. in New York City, but I look at some of the major clubs and there's just a very small portion um of Latinos and especially like I, I feel it more in New York I feel way more Latinos like in Los Angeles like that's why I kind of miss it mm-hmm. um, but in New York man they're shoveling us out any which way it's sad but that's what they're doing you know what I'm saying yeah. they're shoveling up especially like in New York but um it's a yeah. tough like audience but I do see from talking to other comics um and me studying marketing um with this podcast and stuff I do see like Texas has a big um Texas there's more Latinos than anything yeah. else yeah and, believe it or not like Chicago too has a big um market so they're out there but you you know the audience is very much out there it's just that we need more of our people um all also different Latinos need to unite. I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban. And mm-hmm. I feel like we all need to unite, whether you're Mexican, whether you're from Chile, whether you're from wherever, you know, we all still, uh, we share a common language. And if we all look at our backgrounds, we all are descendants from. Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we I feel need- like, um, I mean, need I feel like a lot of people are catching on too. And that's why, I mean, I'm making, I'm making an effort. A lot of people that I'm friends with, they're making an effort to like support, like if they see an all Latino show is like starting, okay, well, we gotta, we got, if it's going to be at the Laugh Factory, we all got to go. We all got to support so that the Laugh Factory can see, oh, the Latino community is bringing people in. Cause at the end of the day, all these big corporations care about is money, you know? So even if like, for example, they put out the little mermaid movie um, and you know, it's our first, it's a black mermaid, you know? So a lot of the black community, they're just buying tickets and they're giving them out. They're just buying tickets there. Even if you're not going to go see the movie, just buy a ticket so that Hollywood can see, Oh, this is making a lot of money. That means we have to put more minorities, you know. So if we can all get there, we just all have to, like you said, we all have to support one another. I, even if you're not going to go watch, buy a ticket. Yeah, yep. unite and support, and that's what we have to do and support. And that's um, I'm trying to do it with this podcast. Trying to with all the different, <laughs> trying yeah. so hard. Believe it or not, with me being in New York, I'm not getting so many new um, Latino New York comics. I get them, but not like little hands weird really that's so crazy yeah I'm I'm I, I, I guess it is in LA but everybody's just been so nice oh, no, been, I see that's why I'm like I want to go back now yeah I'm you like, should I'm like, <laughs> New York I'm like ready to go over there you guys look like it looks like a lot of people just left and it's like it's like it's some a lot of people have left that I have noticed like LA mm-hmm like a cleansing of the state mm-hmm. you know and I guess because some people I'm not going to get into politics whatever they feel if they felt like they had to leave they felt like they had to leave I stayed after the pandemic in New York and I'm still here um yeah. I survived that stuff I went through it but um Ooh, I feel, yeah yeah in LA I just see more um a little bit more of a community but I see some people have left but I feel like the also land is given back to the original owners Yes. Yeah. It's such a good realize, time to be alive. Huh? Yeah. What people don't realize. And um, I had a, a partner of mine um, that I trace back to um, 
I, I'd like to play around ancestry and I did, I traced back to their roots and their family was so far back from California before it belonged to the United States, their family was from Mexico. And then they had, their relatives were Figueroa and Sepulveda, like the uh-huh. last name, Figueroa and Sepulveda, which you know, the streets in LA. The streets, yeah. Yeah, but I always joked with them. I said, do you realize Figueroa and Sepulveda today? That's where all the hookers go. <laughs> I said, that's so true your grandma said that's where all the hookers go now. but that's where when I, it was a partner of mine um when I traced back there and I shared that information I said oh I traced back here I got on ancestry.com and their tree was way more interesting than mine mine was kind of boring I felt like um because my my tree's like either Cuba Puerto Rico Spain that was it you know and then yeah kind of- but um their tree was very interesting um because their family on their father's side had been they were mexican but they had been there before it was the united states it, it belonged there so they Dang, that's cool. yeah and there's a lot of people like that i even met somebody i remember one time in san diego they owned a house and um they were the guy was telling me, um, he was like, yeah, my, my great grandparents owned this house and it before it was even San Diego or something. So there's a lot of people that were native of the land. Yeah. 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 We definitely got to keep it. We got to keep it that way. We got to get more minorities in here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people might get mad, but I totally, you know, like I understand. I just feel like, uh, you know, nah, the white people had their time. They had their time. They had their time. They, <laughs> they had, had their time and they took a lot of advantage. So uh time to step down. <laughs> oh, but they get be careful, they get mad though. I got kicked off TikTok right before Christmas and uh talking about Nocha Wena, and I got kicked <laughs> off TikTok. Literally, I got kicked off for talking about what we were eating for Nocha Wena. Um oh my god. Yeah, and I I was dressed. In fact, I think I had this outfit on, <laughs> like what I'm wearing now, I believe. And I got kicked off, and I was like, "What the hell?" It was my third warning. The second warning was, um, remember the trend when they were talking about my their parents, the people's parents, or something. People's so parents. I showed, I showed the photo of my father, and he had some guns with him, and I got, uh... but he was dead. I said he's dead. Yeah, and he's this just a photo. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I mean, I I I I definitely feel like TikTok be a little racist too. I mean, it's kind of yeah. obvious. You see all these how the, like, how the only creators. Latino is that Shawty Bay uh, that they push out. Yeah, right? It's how, that's the only one that I see. <sighs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I see, I see so many white creators that like no offense, but they're not doing anything special. You know, they're not, they're just doing basic stuff and their content is just like so pushed out there. And it's like, you never see them get any strikes. I've never, uh, maybe I've never seen any white people complain about like their strikes or getting, you know, like threats from TikTok or anything like that. And it's always, I hate to say, but a lot of the creativity comes from minorities and a lot of the white people there, they are like trying to be more minorities they're getting the braids they're wearing yeah. the hoops they're doing the, oh, lip did you see the, the aqua fresca lady that she said what did she say um i uh that she was putting cucumbers in the water yes uh spa uh, water 
yeah yeah water like girl that's the agua fresca <laughs> yeah and then there was the tostada lady that um oh look i made a taco that it was a tostado and she put this there was another one too i yeah. think i know i think i think i seen something like that someone made like a pizza bread or something and we're like we we literally do that all the time <laughs> yeah no it's, it's TikTok has been a weird, weird little thing because what they push out, like I have a TikTok, um, my, my original TikTok that got this, and I was like, I'm not going to fight for it back. Screw it. Somebody's yeah. like, you should pay for it back. I'm like, it's not that serious. Yeah. It didn't it's really make not. me money or nothing. It didn't do nothing. But um, I have a couple now because I just I got fed up and I put it on three different phones. But then I was like, forget it <laughs> I don't even bother with TikTok to be honest I probably should but I'm like I really don't have time to be focusing on all three different like platforms I I have Instagram I just started gaining like a big following on there so I'm like I kind of want to you know like lean into that more since it kind of just happened um not that long ago I started getting like a platform and stuff like that people started like recognizing me so I'm like okay I'm, I'm gonna put effort into here because I still have like a regular job and like you know thing I can be focusing on three I'm doing YouTube Instagram TikTok you know but sometimes oh, it's I a lot TikTok. of work and I get in trouble on TikTok too so I'm like eh. yeah no I always was getting um in trouble like and I would have to cover myself and then I see somebody else and I'm like oh I just enough enough yeah yeah <laughs> it's done and it's over with so I see you you have a weekly or is it a monthly show rice and beans um so we do that every few months um uh-huh. and we yeah it's rice and beans it is um mainly Asians and Mexicans I mean we do let other performers get on but this is like a place for like Asians and Mexicans to you know actually have their spotlight um Mm -hmm. and that basically happened with me and my friend Adam Chong um we just you know we just thought it would be funny rice and beans because he's Asian so he's the rice and then I'm Mexican (laughs) he's the bean and he produces it also with our comic or one of our friends, Angel Hernandez. So it's awesome, to be honest, they do all the work. And I'm more like the face, you know, I'm on the show all the time. So like, I bring people to come and watch. And it's, it's so fun, because I do have a lot of like friends that are Asian and Mexican. And you know, like you said, they're, they're in, in the motion to support that right now. Like it's it, people don't understand, even if you just share the flyer. Mm-hmm it makes all the difference in the world. Like, even if you just share the flyer, even if you buy a ticket, but you don't come, like it still makes, it still makes a difference. Oh, what a great thing for you guys to unite like that. That's yeah. Great. I used to tease one of my Asian friends. They go, Oh my God, the price of rice is going up. <laughs> yeah. One time my friend from Laos, I teased her. I go, Oh my God, the rice. She goes, what? <laughs> and I remember when it was popular for us to do what was it not the Atkins it was after the Atkins the uh the keto or whatever or I said something about give up rice I think it was Atkins I said yeah you got to give up she goes no no we can't do that That's yeah the- <laughs> yeah I can imagine they always have that I, I just um one of um the roommates that I live with he's also in rice and beans and he's Asian he always has rice on the Every single day we wake up, there's rice. So I'm like, okay, cool. At least I don't have to cook it myself. (laughs) (laughs) So you live now in Hollywood or just in the 
So I just moved to Long Beach, California, um, because I ended up getting a, a place for a spot that was like really, really cheap. And mm -hmm. I wanted to try it because I've lived at home with my mom, like all my years. And in this house, we have seven people, you know, it's, it's a Mexican family. We got my mom, my brother, his wife, um, their two kids, and then me, and then my mom's boyfriend. So it's not that it's toxic or that everybody's loud, but it's just that everybody be wanting something from me every day. Like the moment I wake up, they just got questions to ask me. It's like, I, I can't really work because people will be coming in to use the restroom. My mom will be like, oh, you want to go shopping? And I'll be like, yeah. And I'll literally drop everything that I'm doing, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I kind of just want to live on my own to have like my own privacy and, you know, see where that can get me. So I recently moved to Long Beach, but I drive out to L.A. like every single day, every single day I'm out there just trying to like network and trying to get on shows and, and stuff. And it gets draining because I can be in traffic for like two hours sometimes. Oh, you know? yeah, that's the part of L.A. that I don't miss. I always lived in the valley. Um, <gasps> yes, I've been going there a lot. Yeah, I could with the valley. I always live like in North Hollywood and I could um, if I go. In fact, it's so tempting to go because I'm trying to move now. I had a, a stalker come in, like knock on my door. Um, oh, shit. So That's I, what I'm scared of. Yeah. <laughs> like in my so um, I'm trying to move now, but it's so discouraging in New York with um, the price of rents. And I've lived in the city before, but I want to go be in Queens. But um yeah. Yeah. Like when I lived, I loved living in North Hollywood because I felt like during the day, if you didn't have to go anywhere, there's like no traffic. Yeah. But you have to go to the city. I mean, not like not to the city, like, but if you have to go to, let's say, like Santa Monica was a pain mm -hmm. uh, or uh, just leave, but staying within the valley was pretty cool. Yeah, like I, I don't it. think I would ever move into the city. I, I where I live, where my mom lives, La Puente, it's like I wouldn't say it's the suburbs because it's like it's not that like fancy over here. It's a little bit more out. But when I moved to Long Beach, like where the city was, because they have a city life over there and I'm in there and I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like there's no parking. Thankfully, I have my own parking. But if I want to go somewhere like a bar or something like I got to look for parking, I got to scout. Uh, there's oh, like yeah, a Starbucks. Yeah, there's yeah. like a Starbucks down the street and I can't even like, there's no drive through because it's like in the city and I'm like, why do I have to look for parking just to like go to Starbucks? I'm so used to just pulling up, parking, getting out, doing whatever. The streets are so tiny. Um, the damn, the red, the red light, green light, because it's a city, they're so like close together and, yeah. you know, they, they make pedestrians a priority which they should you know a lot of people are biking scootering and walking but for me like that just don't work for me because I'm like I'm a person where it's like I need to go now and, and when I'm in the city it's like stop go stop go like the, oh, yeah, the yeah, street yeah. lights are unsynchronized basically so everybody can walk <laughs> and be safe but I'm like fuck them you know <laughs> I'm like, I got places to be yeah, no, that's what I don't miss about LA, but I'm, uh, I miss everything else, the beautiful weather, the, uh, just different things. Um, where's your favorite place currently to perform in Los Angeles that you just um, love? I go to Chatterbox, Chatterbox. So that's in Covina. So it's not like super in Los Angeles, but a lot of the comedians from LA will come to Chatterbox to practice. So mm -hmm. it's like this little dive bar here in Covina. And I got so lucky. That's actually where I first decided I was going to try stand up. 
And it was only 10 minutes away from my house, which was really cool. Um, and it's like a dive bar. So people go in and people will watch you a lot of if you've been in LA and you're a comedian, you know that if you go to open mic, comics don't really pay attention to you because they're too busy worried about themselves. And there's yeah. never really like an audience for you to practice in front of you're normally practicing in front of other comedians. So it's like really discouraging, but at there at Chatterbox, there's always people there to watch you and they're super attentive and they're not rude. So you actually get feedback. If a joke is funny and people laugh, you actually get feedback. Sometimes I'll go to LA and I'll do my bits and I know it's funny. I know it's my bangers, but the comedians will still sit there like, mm-hmm, you know, like, like they're all playing games with each other. They're <laughs> yeah. all playing yeah, like they're all, I've seen that already with a couple of New York comics with, within each other. Like they're all kind of trying to play these who's better, who's better. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like a competition. They want you to be good, but they don't want you to be better than them. And majority of it is because a lot of them have moved from a different state, uh, from f- fucking Alabama or Ohio or some oh. shit, and they and they're trying to be a star, like and yeah. and you know, and oh, they that's, come to that's LA. the part LA I didn't miss. That's the part yeah. I didn't miss because I love like the locals. Man, I went to some great parties. Like, and it's always those people. You ever notice the people that move here? It's always the ones that are like, "Oh, people in LA are so fake. People in LA are so fake." And it's like not the natives because we're born here. Like, we know what this is about. The people who are fake are the people who come here to yes. like be and somebody. The people that even I was a person that went there, but I understand what you're saying. Um, but you're from I'm, like New York too, so I feel like people yeah. they go to New York to be somebody also, and then. Yeah. They they think it's gonna be like how you said they think it's gonna be like in the movies it's glamorous and but it's not it's very cutthroat and there's a lot of competition and, and nobody can really afford to be here in the first place you know yeah. so we're all like <laughs> no but I noticed um, when I was there like a sort of a sense of <clears throat> entitlement mm-hmm. that did move there. Um, my thing was, and I'll tell you the whole reason I moved to LA. I was a stripper for many years. Okay. Oh girl, I'm, I wish. I'm, like... open and I'm honest. I'm open. I'm honest about it with everybody. But what oh, happened? Yeah. Was, this is how old I am. Remember MySpace? I had a um, I had a big following on MySpace, and they stop. Contacted... You were MySpace famous. Holy <laughs> yeah, shit. famous! But like, I should have I should have jumped on IG when I had a chance way back then, but I didn't. So mm-hmm. I was on MySpace um, and somebody, and I used to do like modeling gigs here, there, or hostessing or different stuff or whatever. Yeah. I look, I'm an old lady now, by the way. I'm really old. I'm not going to say. No way. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. I'm probably your parents' age. Um, no way. My mom's a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so they called me to be on a movie and I was like you, like I was like, the only reason I danced because I've got a, I had a child out of wedlock. I had a kid at 16. Right. So um, I was a stripper for many years, but I wanted a way out. I wanted, I wanted, let me get out. How am I going to quit? How am I going to quit? Whatever. So they called me to, to be in a movie and they needed like sexy girls to play a porn star or whatever. And um, I met some girl and this is before Obama was in office. And I just wanted health insurance, like, because yeah. I was paying for it was a pain or like some months, like I would pay for my own dental. I would pay for this or that or whatever. And oh I met a girl. That told me she made money as an extra 
and she had her health insurance and all she played was a stripper right mm-hmm. and I was like forget playing a stripper I'm going to be a teacher a nurse uh, <laughs> a doctor whatever a garbage yeah. bag, you know whatever I can for just a paycheck like I wasn't even trying to be famous so I moved to LA um I what did I how did I get my sad cord um I got my SAG card playing Octomom and something in some movie or whatever, some like some B movie or whatever. And yeah. so I got my SAG card. I actually paid for the after and then I paid for the SAG and then they merged and I was mm-hmm. pissed. Uh, <laughs> like I paid for both of them and then I was like, damn you. Uh, <laughs> so I got, that's why I moved to LA because I just wanted a paycheck. And I wanted yeah. to quit. And, um, but when I went on set, I would meet these people or like these crazy stories and um, I would meet different people and I'll never forget. <laughs> um, I pissed off this girl one day. She was talking about, uh, I forgot some, some manager she saw and she goes, Oh my God, I saw this manager and he told me, that if I sucked his dick, he would pay my rent and I would go to all these premieres. He would represent me. He'd put me in a movie. He would do this. And she was naming, naming all that stuff. And she's like telling, it was like unbelievable stuff for this blowjob, right? <laughs> a million things this guy was going to do just for the blowjob. He's like, I'll and give you I, the world. Right, right. She, but she's talking and she's acting like, and I was like, listen. Uh, and so my question was, um, for just the rent, and she's asking, I was like, for just the rent, um, did he ask just to swallow? Because that sounds like a pretty good deal for the rent alone. <laughs> she looked at me, yeah, she looked at me with the most, how dare you? How dare you ask that question about? And I'm like, yo, but if you like just have to freaking swallow, the my rent's like 1200 mm-hmm. where Like... Yeah, yeah, he yeah. got mad because it was like he would buy me because the the things he was offered for just a blowjob. I was like, yo, he like I'm like, where's this guy at right now? Because no, <laughs> uh, so I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But it was like the fact that she's going, she she got dramatic too, like like a novella. She's like, oh my god, oh my god. He said he would take me to a premiere and put a beautiful dress on me. I would be in a movie. <laughs> he would he would take me to Greece he would she was like going on with these things and I'm like yo I just want the rent I don't care about anything yeah you know what I'm saying but that's when I knew I'm like yo these bitches are just fake you know what I'm saying yeah I'm like don't give me the dress but give me the money for the dress right right yeah but I was just like what like so I saw kind of the like kookiness or like you know the uh, of some, like, I didn't get along with certain women, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, like, yeah. That one, because I was like, look, where's the end? Did you have to swallow? Like, <laughs> and then yeah. was, you know, the funny thing were, there were a couple of guys like, that were like, well, where is he at? <laughs> <laughs> For real. There was guys next to me going to, where's this guy at this? I'll, whatever, fuck the dress, you know? And you know, those producers don't discriminate either. They, they'll let a boy suck their dick. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, they probably were like lining up the next day but yeah no that that was the part like I like the locals like I said when I would go to parties man I went to some like 
you know what I mean? Like I, I would go to family parties, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. uh, with a taqueria there and everything. Like I miss that. Not like Hollywood parties, like what people, well, I did go to some Hollywood parties, but um, you know, like the family parties, like birthdays, kinsays, weddings. Like, yeah. Did you go to the it. families? Did you go to the families where they, uh, I mean, did you go to the Hollywood parties where they drink baby's blood? No, I never saw that. <laughs> no, I, they I didn't take you downstairs. <laughs> Yo, know, so many people talk about conspiracies and all this other stuff. And I lived 10 years, either I was just not, I didn't see nothing. I'm trying to think, of, I didn't see none of that crazy um, conspiracy. I do, will say, I have they, noticed. Do they do weird shit? Do they do weird shit? No, I, I never no. really saw. I never really saw anything that was. I have to think, man. <laughs> if you would have, if you would have, you would have remembered for sure. You would have. Oh yeah, I would have remembered. I, the craziest thing I remember is that girl on set. I'll never forget. It was the Dexter, and she wasn't. Um, it was De the show Dexter, and she was talking about that manager, and he offered her this and that, and this mm -hmm. and that, and, this. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just some girl talking out of her ass. They're like, bitch, if you're not going to take the offer, then shut up. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it just for the rent. Like, yeah. <laughs> now with the rent nowadays, I think at people. <laughs> she would, with the rent nowadays, she would have took it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yes. Things are, yeah. That, those people I don't miss. I, um, I just miss like the locals. I do miss, I used to love going to the comedy store. Mm -hmm. that was my favorite club to go to because I would see like a whole great lineup of people you know what yeah I mean? you know the comedy store uh really took like it's so much different than what it was before and that's because of like the pandemic and just Los Angeles shutting everything down and I'm, I'm sure you know like all the comedians a lot of the big comedians that would perform in LA so many times they all left to Texas Austin yeah they're in Austin because they're like they couldn't work in LA you couldn't throw shows you couldn't do nothing for months and months and months everything was shut down you couldn't even put on performances so they were like we need to get out of here we got to go perform like that's the only way we make money um so when the, if they would have shows at the comedy store like in LA Hollywood if you're gonna have a live show they want you to keep the mask on do you know how weird it is oh. to tell jokes to people who have a freaking mask on like yeah, that, that is hard. so weird. So it did they have gone. outdoor did they have outdoor shows? Uh they did. They did, but it was just like it was so it was it took it takes away the vibe of like being in a comedy place. You know, like the lights are dim, it's very intimate. You're in this close place with everyone outside. It's like, you know, you there's a freaking a helicopter flying over because they're trying to arrest somebody. LA, you, they got the freaking ambulance every five minutes, you know. Um, and then like bugs and stuff, or it would just be too fucking hot outside or something, you know, but comedy stores so empty. Um, they did bring back a new open mic. So I, I'm sure that will get it going because I heard back in the day, a lot of comedians got famous just from hanging out at the comedy store and like networking because that's where the comedians would like just go, you know, okay. and now it's like, it's, it's so, um, I don't even know how the hell they pay rent. I, oh, maybe really? because they have it's the so, shows. It, it's that bad. Cause I, well, I heard that, um. Polly Shore left. He was living in Vegas, and now yeah, he left. 
he left Vegas, he bought uh, a house, and then he is back over there in LA. Oh, I don't know if he's back in LA. Maybe he is. But like, just the way people, when I used to pass by there, there would be like people just hanging out outside talking. Now it's only like one day out of the week. Everybody's like outside. Because I've even went like just to go hang out. And I'm like, it's fucking boring here. Like, ain't nobody here. Like, I'm leaving. It's definitely not what it used to be. But um, hopefully we can get it back to that. Hopefully we can get it back to that. Yeah, though, that's real, like, that's, maybe that's what's happening in New York that I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's like a funk here, um, well, but I see SAG is on strike now, and WDG, uh, the Writers Guild is on strike, yeah. so that will be another thing that will pan out. That's crazy, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the writer strike, I think it's amazing, I'm like, ooh, this is juicy, nobody's working, like, I've seen so many child stars that I look up to come out and talk about how broke they are, and how they don't even get compensated fairly, and that's why they're, like, on strike, and I'm just at awe. And I'm amazed at how many people we thought were like super successful and we thought they had like a oh. bunch of money and they're broke too. Oh, they no, can barely- that was <laughs> what I learned. Okay. So one thing I learned right away in LA and I've noticed it when I first moved there. Now, again, I was a stripper. So I was around girls that made a lot of money. Their heads mm-hmm. got kind of inflated and all that. When I went into LA and I started living there and living, you know, you start living, you start you know, when you work out with people and you start meeting different people that were on shows or on movies mm-hmm. or whatever, and you really get to know them, a lot of them, and these are people, like, I know somebody that was Oscar nominated, and she was so down to earth. And she's, they were like the realest people ever. But when you mm-hmm. start to know them, you're like, oh my God, they don't live like, so it was a, it was a, yeah. it was a opener and a wake up call. I learned that a long time ago and I have to constantly like when people say these celebrities talking about uh they have no business talking about politics. Uh yes they do because when Trump went in the office, um he changed some of the tax policies um for the agents and the man like the that used to be able to write off your agent and your manager, which is that's 25% right off the door. So yeah, yeah they have they can talk about politics because now, so then they, a lot of actors also, I learned um, they had to open up nonprofits to kind of keep their money and stuff like that so they could survive. So I, mm-hmm. I, I it takes you living there and living among other creative and you see the realities because what's on TV is not actually the reality, like even on social media and stuff. And people don't realize that. Right. It's all like, it's all a facade. It's all a facade. And it's, dare I say it again, but it's the white people that got all that power. It's like, there's a big, it's, there's just this line between like these billionaires who own all these corporations and then the workers, whether or not you're on TV or you're on all these billboards or nothing, like you can still be getting cheated. And a lot of them are, that's why they're on strike. And it's, it's crazy for me to see that. Cause I'm like, well, we all are in in uh we all should team up and like take them yeah. down. I don't know how, but <laughs> like we all teachers need to go on strike, actors, writers. Um, I think everybody need to go. Well, need to go I think strike. I I think instead of I kind of thought about this idea because some people think it's um I had a friend, good friend of mine in L.A. Well, she lived in Long Beach, sort of close to where you're at, um, mm-hmm. like Bellflower area. She was a teacher. 
and she came from a family of teachers. She teached uh, disabled kids. I feel like teachers should get, just like when military people get out and they pay a dollar for that VA loan, there should be some sort of uh, housing program for teachers. They need Definitely. more, like, yeah, that's what I think they should do because, um, they're raising other people's kids basically these children are so disrespectful nowadays also like children are stepping up to their teachers talking hitting them and like dare you say parents aren't really disciplining kids either also it comes from the parents because when my younger daughter like she had a friend one time when she was 14 years old um the mother went to Vegas just for the weekend and she wanted to leave the kid alone in the whole apartment I was like no that's crazy And it was like a fight to get, and then my daughter was over there and then I had to be like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and then the mother like lied to me and, and everything. Oh, and I said, no. yeah, so it's, we're, we're dealing with is we got some parents that, you know, we can't really control who has kids. We can't control that. You know what I'm saying? We can only control our kids and making sure they're raised properly, but there's a lot of people that they just don't their priorities yeah you know or they I mean? don't know how to discipline they just they just let it go because they're just like tired of it um and also I mean just to be a teacher you gotta think about the school shootings and how like oh it's yeah. crazy that our our people the people who came to take care of us and are ruling the world with all our tax dollars like there's no protection for schools nothing is in place ever since that they haven't even just one security guard you know patrolling maybe the areas of school nothing nothing has ever been nothing has ever been put in place and we're at a time I think they said that this year there's been the most school shootings like oh. ever so I think about this I'm like I would not want to be a teacher these teachers are not going to want to teach anymore yeah. because their lives are at risk they don't get paid anything my teacher friends all have second jobs that's sad and yeah, yeah that's so sad I'm like where, uh, where do no we I think there, there should do something some sort of housing program for teachers so it encourages teachers to come and then it helps them yes. somewhat with, with the price of, cause it's just, I'm looking for a place now. And I'm like, how the hell, like, what are people doing? Like there was an, a, an apartment for 6,000 in the city. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what are people doing? Like people are what? living together. People are living together. Like you can't live on your own. Now people got to live together. Like, they want <laughs> you to have like four or five people on. Uh-uh. Yeah. And then and then they want you to um so they want you to, you know, they want to move everybody in in these small places and knowing everybody has like four cars, you know, maybe all these people in the house, God forbid, they each have a car because there's not enough parking out here. And, mm-hmm. you know, you park, you park somewhere, maybe you're desperate for parking, you need to go inside, you're tired of looking, you park in a red light and boom, a ticket or they know what they're doing. They, they know oh. what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I haven't been driving since I've been here and that's been kind of a blessing, but the subway is no fun either. Oh, I'm um, so scared of the subway. I'm like, yeah. I would be so scared. I, I've seen that though, the subway is scary here. Like it is, it is, I kind of like not having a car. I ain't going to lie. Like, um, I bet. because I do save a hell of a lot of money, but mm-hmm. sometimes on certain subways, that I've written, like, you can't look at them. You can't, you can't look at them. You can't, if they're asking for money, 
Um, what's really, really sad right now is you see a lot of Venezuelan children coming and selling candy. Yo, these migrants that are coming, they are ready. They're already hustling. They're hustling. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm ready for them to take over some American jobs because people aren't doing the work. Like they probably will. Yeah. yeah well, they probably would, but what, um, they are like, you see the kids selling candy now, um, they're behave, they're, they're hustling like that. So it's kind of sad when I'm seeing these 10 year old little girls, you know, selling candy, you know what I'm saying? It is the summertime, those schools out. So I know they're, but, um, you know, you do see people, I worry about like them getting mugged or, um, you do have people, uh, like harassing you on the subway. Yeah. There's another thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's no fun. Um, that can be, that's, that's a pain. That's a pain here. So it's like, you know, it's either like the ticket you pay <laughs> right. or getting harassed. And then I just pick your poison, pick your pick poison. It. Yeah. It's like, I've got one choice or the other. Like, which one do I go? Like, do I, you know, I don't if know. I was on the subway, I would be so scared to look at everybody. I would just close my eyes. The whole ride. Oh no. You have to be like, there's times you have to be like this. Yeah. Like that on the phone. I no, the worst was okay. One day I'm taking the bus like early in the morning. I was working on something on a production and I'm taking it. And I, and this is the thing I kind of, I kind of knew like the guy was troubled. He comes in, I lost my phone, whatever. This is like six in the morning because I'm going mm-hmm. to sleep. So I'm like, I, I put my phone away. I said, uh uh-uh. uh. And so he's going up to people. This is when we were all wearing masks because this is like, I want to say like August 2020. And I just, yeah. I'm ignoring him. I'm looking this other way. Some guy goes, you could use my phone, but I'm going to hold on to it. So he called the number. It's ringing. He goes, listen, man, I'm not going to give you my phone. He put the phone up. So then he goes up to me and he goes, ma'am, ma'am, can I use your phone? And he's, he's, he's Spanish like me. And, and, and he goes, Sen- senor, senor like that and I'm still ignoring and then he goes up in my face and he goes and I go I can't hear like what is that <laughs> I'm deaf like that I don't know if I'm gonna go to hell or somebody's gonna cancel me yeah when I was something I knew Spanish he knew English I didn't know what I was doing and I go I can't hear so then he just ignores me and I'm like I don't have a phone right I just totally ignored uh-huh. him. like I didn't know English didn't know Spanish right uh, with the hand <laughs> goes to some woman and the woman goes oh here's my phone I've I've been there before so he takes the phone he goes up front and he's like acts like he's talking to the dress driver and then he's looking and then the, he takes the phone again asking the the bus driver about directions and I'm listening to him and I'm like you know pretending like I can't hear eavesdropping the door opens he runs off with the girl's phone I knew it yeah, he ran off and she goes, oh and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I saved myself once again in my life mm-hmm. with my clever skills. So isn't that so sad? And like me too. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not to the point where I don't even want to help anyone anymore. And oh. it sucks because it's like you want to be a good human, you want to spread kindness, but it's like, God forbid I help someone out and they're I apologize gonna, like, they're to the death community. at me. I apologize to the deaf community now that what I had to do, but it was survival. I do the same thing. Thanks for the idea, actually. Yeah. I was like, I can't hear. But I had a mask on and he's like, do you have a, and I was like, no, I cannot hear 
<laughs> I at that time I did it real like good or whatever but I, you had to do what you had to do like and it's yeah. bad that's what you have to do with uh these crazy people out there and you're just trying to survive in a big city I know I can't wait to get rich and just move off the grid <laughs> off the grid I know it's like Rogan and just live in a, in a big place. And, and to think about it, he is kind of like now, like he's done kind of the impossible because like he surpassed Hollywood mm-hmm. and he was just able to move off and he's not dependent on being in either two cities. Like he's just not like, yo, he can afford his own health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. He's such shit to me. He's an inspiration. I know he's a white man too, but like, to <laughs> me, I really, um, I've heard nothing, but like when I hear him speak, he's really kind. And when I met him in Austin too, actually, and he was super nice, shook my, shook my hand and he's really short. <laughs> like oh, really? really short. Yeah. I down. <laughs> no, no I've, 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 seen, I've seen other comedians and they like drop his name you know at rogan's house when i go yeah. at rogan and i'm like why are you bringing up like and they go you know rogan has when i was at though i've seen other comedians do that and i'm like okay yeah i just tell him like i met him once he was so nice <laughs> You keep it real. I met him nice and he was short and I'm happy I'm mad him. That's it. But yeah, some other people, they, they speak like they're like, I don't know. It's like, damn, you're on his nuts. Like, yeah, there are a lot of people like how that. Too. Austin? How is Austin? I personally, I personally loved it. I mean, like you said, there's so many Mexicans over there. Um, and they're in like Texas, mostly I want to say like um, El Paso and stuff like that. But I was surprised at how big there were of a community there was of Latinos in Austin. And I mean, every, that was my second time going. Every time I go, they treat me so nice. And I've heard rumors that like Texas is like racist and stuff like that. But even like the white people there are so nice to me. And um, they're just like, they're really nice. I was just, I was. Now, tell me how, what it, you're Mexican, right? Both mm-hmm. sides or? Yes. Okay. What did you think of the food in Austin? The Mexican Not food? good. No, not You didn't like it? Food. I didn't really care for it. No, no. Um, there was some places where it was like really, really good. Uh, I think just, I want to say like the trucks were pretty good. Mm-hmm. The trucks the were trucks pretty good? The trucks were Mexican food. Yeah, but um, I'm not really like a big eater of Mexican food, surprisingly. I'm more of like Italian. That's like my go, but my... My man, my friends, they eat all, like, Mexican food. And they were pretty picky when it came to, like, some of it there. Oh, okay. No, Did you I like it? San- no, I've never been to Austin. My oldest daughter's in Austin. She won't let me visit. I've oh. tried. <laughs> <laughs> she won't let me visit at all. And I've tried to go, you won't let me. Your sister let me visit you, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I have two adult kids. That's how old I am. But the, the oldest one won't. Um, she has every excuse in the world and she's right and I think she's only going to live there another year before she comes to New York um, possibly mm-hmm. decide to her and her partner but um, I went to San Antonio now that food was good I was like, oh Whoa. I've heard San Antonio's okay is- so San Antonio yeah I'm just yeah. curious to go to Austin um, I would like to see his club 
um, I, and I would like to see how it is. And then I would oh, like Rogan? to see, yeah, I would like to see how that club looks like. Like I'm very, yeah, very curious. So when we went there, um, this woman, her name is Estella. She owns a dispensary in there, which was kind of weird because weed is not legal over there, but she owns what? a dispensary in there. Yeah, weed's not legal, um, but she owns a dispensary and she was, you know, taking me and my friend Mala around, who's the other comedian that I was telling you about. And um, we went to the open mic over there and it's exactly like the comedy store. You enter your name and then they pick randomly and they only pick a certain amount of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And my friend got called, so she was able to go in. But nobody, if you didn't get called, you're, you're not allowed to go in. Only people are allowed to watch like the crowd they're allowed to watch and then once you do your set you have to leave too you can't like stay and hang out there so she she was like number three on on the list so they had she said you had to walk in in a straight line they said once you do your three minutes you gotta go you can't watch anybody else so she did hers and she didn't get to watch like I wonder why he's doing that maybe because of the stealing the jokes or or yeah I don't know I don't know and he's really strict about like phones in there too he doesn't really want people recording in there because he oh that I get that I get because people do you know what it might be you know about the they clip they clip out the bad parts yeah well no you know remember the thing whole thing that went down with Mencina Carlos Mencina right Mm-hmm. how he stole jokes and yeah. that that's the greatest I was actually studying that I've been watching different podcasts and I've been studying that and um man Joe Rogan got the best karma and the best revenge ever for that in his life like he literally was he and it kind of reminds me of something I'm always the person to go that shit's not right and stand yeah. and clear it out and um, but people don't like when you do that. Isn't that crazy? Like Joe, Joe, I think when Joe Rogan stood up to like member Carlos Mencia and he was like, that joke is stolen jo- going up to people. He actually got banned from the comedy right, store for, for that seven years for seven right. years. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what? why? Like, what the fuck? Cause that he would be, that up. Would he's saying up for other, too. because when you're pulling out your material, you know, when you're pulling out different material and stuff, you know, it's a lot of work on comics. You have to be mm-hmm. creative. You have to think of it. And when somebody steals, you know, it's un- intellectual property. So he got banned for seven years. And you got to think, where was he? And remember how big the Carlos Mencina show was back then, right? Yeah. It was a big deal back then. But now, where is Carlos Mencina? Ned, aka Ned, nowhere. And then, mm-hmm. which he's an embarrassment to our, <laughs> he's an embarrassment on us. Um, but you know, look at where he is today. So like, that's the ultimate, like he made, he's out, he's number one, like everybody's writing his, his nuts, his coattails, whatever, you know what I'm saying? He even was able to leave Hollywood and boom, make and start something that really has like opened up. So yeah. in, in, in Carlos Mencina without, he kept on going up, he had a show and everything, but it just died down. So that was just like man if 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 karma and revenge was he had the biggest like i i you learn from that like be the one to stick up and stand up for what's right in life yeah 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 for sure if you you didn't believe in karma and revenge i mean oh man that like that like yeah we need some good old drama like that again in the scene (laughs) yeah no we do that would be fun yeah no we do need i know i'm 
I'm because all the shows are, you know, nothing's filming right now. There's nothing, no TV show. This well, I saw this full. The second season's out. By the way, everybody needs to watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, does a wonderful job. We need to support this full on Hulu. Um, yes. You know, and they that, can't, they can't, like, I was they told can't that they even, can't support it. They can't post it. No. So everybody out there, please go watch the second season of this fool. Let's get a season three. Cause that's, that show is real. The writing is really good. And um, they've done a really good job with that. And they represent really, really well and true to the nature. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that's our friends. You know, yeah, friends, definitely. I couldn't get it. Did you get into friends? No. I couldn't get into friends either. It was so unrelatable. Like I what couldn't. the hell? No. I watched like a few here and there, but I'm like, I couldn't get super into it too. Uh, yeah, to me also it just like wasn't really relatable. But it's funny. I mean, it's good writing, but it's not like, you know. Yeah, th- no, this fool is our friends. Like that's what it is for us right now. And so I think everybody out there, if you're listening, go watch the second season. Um, yeah. yeah, we need a, another little drama like that with somebody call somebody out so we can be like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be, be fun. That would be juicy. Yeah, and yeah. you know, a lot of people like Joe Rogan because he does. He puts a lot of new comics on, a lot of like new faces, and if he really believes in you and he thinks that you're a good comic, he'll acknowledge you. You know, there's a lot of famous comedians or famous comics that like they once they're up they don't really care about anybody down at the bottom but he's like so big on bringing other people up and I don't know if you've seen did you ever see the drama with like George Lopez and like how George Lopez was like they were calling him out for not wanting to put any Mexicans on and he was like I don't have to help anybody there's no law that says you have to help anybody um that like George Lopez didn't want to didn't want any other Mexicans to come on tour with him or like he didn't want any Mexican writers in the writing room of the George Lopez show because he wanted to be like the only Mexican in the spotlight you know yeah yeah, that's a little bit um weird because we do need for writers to really write we do need to hear Latino voices need to speak because sometimes like if you look at some older programs or shows like and you see the Spanish, certain things are um, wrong. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't say that. We don't. You yeah, know right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like so of- cheesy. It's so fucking cheesy. It's like Mexicans are not like that. Like, God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they, so we, you do, that's why I said this fool is good, because it's real, and um, it's not like, a, if you really look closely, um, it's really relatable, because like, you don't, you don't, it, it, you see like some of the attire, or the parties, or the people they're hanging out, um, mm-hmm. showcasing his love for punk music which you know we all have that one friend that like likes something different you get what I'm saying so it was relatable it's not like you know I noticed with in New York some of the shows with Latinos is all about hip-hop and that gets to be annoying you know we do like different things yeah yeah right so it's it's more original I think um I see how he kind of pers they personalized it yeah, Chris Estrada's he's amazing. I've met him because he would also go to the Chatterbox a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's how I knew of him and I've I've spoke with him before, but he also brought on another 
um, writer. His name is Vince Caldera, and he mm-hmm. goes to Chatterbox a lot too. But he was such so good of a comedian that he asked him to help uh, this write this book too. So I'll send you his information too. I don't know if you interview guys, but if you oh, want, I would I can, love that. I've been trying to get this on the show, but he's been busy. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, uh, I like the way that show. Out of all the shows, that is our friends now that's coming up. Um, when I first came to New York, I worked on, um, but then it was a flop. Was It wasn't really a flop. Was it In the Heights? Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I worked on that, but then there was a backlash afterwards, and they somebody shit it. They did like a PR stunt that there wasn't dark enough people, and like, I, man, that that production employed a whole bunch of people in New York, got me my insurance and everything with SAG. And it's like, man, can you just guys quit with this? Like we all just need to unite. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We do. And, and do a movie. Like, did you see beef? Beef is good. I haven't seen it. Is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Cause we're running out of shows to watch right now. I know girl. I'm getting dry. We're, we're, like, we're going to be, we're running out of show. Beef was excellent. Um, and when you watch it, it's like, wait a minute. Be- I don't want to tell you too much. You're going to have to like to see it. Um, but it's like, but you know, the Asians just, they're always making straight A's. They always are so smart. Like the, if you see the, if you see beef, how good it is, you're like, oh, damn it. Like, it's like, <laughs> you, notice, you know how they were always like the valedictorian and we were throwing an ESL. You can yeah. listen like they're all the doctors now <laughs> yeah yeah so but they did beef should win some emmys if they're gonna um they that writing for that was good yeah they they yeah. i don't think they were considered so much a comedy but that you've got to see it because you see the different asians but they're not so like you know how americans have us a, a certain way they like you you were saying like the Ali Wong is she's playing who she is she's half Mm -hmm. half Chinese you know what I'm saying and we don't really see that in TV when somebody like me I'm half Cuban and I'm half Puerto Rican you don't see people that are like Mexican and El Salvadoran and there's people that exist you don't see two cultures like put together like that so that they did a really good job on beef I think so we just that's good I gotta watch it a good writer like that like that because it, it was sort of like a drama but not like a comedy oh it, it'll blow you away yeah yeah right. I'm this telling cool. you the minorities got all the creativity the minorities got yeah. all the the humor the ideas because we've been put through so much and we yeah. are like struggling all the time that we're forced to find the positive in every right. single situation so it's just like a habit to find a joke out of something or to you know like I said find the bright side of things it's a habit because our day-to-day life is not easy especially if you're in LA or New York like it's hard to survive up there yeah man just going on the subway or parking your damn car you're gonna yeah well thank you so much for coming on uh sunday fun day today of course i had so much fun on here thank you so much for being a great host please let everybody know um where they can find you all your social medias if you could plug it in real quick Yes, my social media, so my Instagram, where I'm on almost every single day, Stevana Delgado. 
So that's my first and last name. And then I do have a YouTube where I upload a lot of vlogs when I go to comedy shows, when I do open mics, just day to day life. Um, you know, me running open mics, showing people how the open mic scene looks because I've I'm so chismosa. I'm like, whatever it is anybody <laughs> I does, I want to know what they're doing every day. You know, like, oh, how do they do that? How do they get there? Like, so I let everybody in on like the secrets, you know, and stuff like that. And so my YouTube is Stevana's house. So it's my first name and then house. But you could just Google Stevana Delgado. It'll come up. I try to keep my social medias like just my name so that it's easier for people to find me, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. My name is Marcella uh, Alonzo. You can find me at Marcella Sobella, my IG, my Facebook, and my YouTube. Go to MarcellaSobella.com and you can subscribe to my Patreon and see all my episodes that are up full length. Um, and thank you again for coming on Sunday Funday. Uh, 